It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I am really looking forward to talking with my guest today. Joining me all the way from the UK is Tim Hughes, founder of Social Selling Lounge, and really one of the world's leading experts on social selling. Now, we all know that growing sales is hard, and the whole process you know, sort of starts with new developing new business, and then, yeah, but that's unfortunately work that most sellers don't enjoy, and then once you get the prospect, you move them through the funnel, and and there's a lot of controversy about, you know, what's the best processes to use? You know, you have to be proactive outbound or, you know, inbound development of your leads or do cold calling or cold calling's dead or social selling and all that stuff. So like most things in life, it's not all about one thing or another, but how can you sort through the noise to find the right strategy to connect with the right decision makers? And so to help us sort this all out, we've got my guest today, Tim Hughes. Tim, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andy. I'm really excited to be here. Well, good. Well, um, yeah, thank you for inviting me on. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, well, I've been selling for 27 years. Um, I was involved in a social selling rollout um, about uh, two, three years ago, across 2,000 salespeople um, across Europe. Um, and I'd been involved in, in social um, and have been for about six or seven years. And I was looking for something to start blogging about and suddenly realized I'd been given this amazing gift of being in, in the midst of this, this, this social selling rollout. And it's just taken off from there, really. I started using the, the, um, uh, the skills and, and, and I came up with this um, five-stage methodology for people to use. Um, and it's been fantastic. It's been an amazing ride, the last, especially the last two years. And 2016, um, there's going to be some things coming out as well, which I am not allowed to talk about, but um, it's going to be an amazing year. Oh, good, good. I mean, things coming from the social media vendors, you mean? Uh, well, no, from me, I've got, there's oh, a whole number you? of okay. things. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole number of things that are going to come out, which um, um, uh, we'll, 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 we'll certainly create and, and drive the, the, the debate about social selling. Well, good. Well, I mean, and that's sort of interesting. You use the word debate because, you know, one of the first things I was going to ask you is it seems or talk about, it seems a little bit ironic that really sort of the last half of 2015, there seemed to be this pushback against social selling that, you know, people claiming it was oversold. And so I guess the first question for you is, has it been oversold? Um, or is it just misunderstood? Uh I think it's I think it's 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 misunderstood. Um, a uh, a senior leader said to me recently, you know, we tried social selling and marketing and it didn't work. It's like, well, uh, you know, like hello, um, you know, it's it's called social and it's called, called selling, selling, not marketing. Right? And uh, which, which part of that did you not get? You know, and so um, you know what, what I think that, that there's people that have tried, and and I think what what also happens is that social selling. A lot of there's a lot of people out there that think social selling is just LinkedIn, right? And it's not, or just Twitter, so, yeah, or, or just Twitter. Yeah, you know, it's a, um, you know, it's it's a, you know, we're we're now living in a digital world, and what that requires is you to to change culture, uh, behaviors, and strategy, um, and and that's really what social selling is about. It's a, it's a way of us moving our, our online, sorry, offline life online, and how we actually use those things to help us sell. Um, so, so, so that's really the, the change. And I think people have actually been using it as a way of, um, I, I just see if, if you look at marketing, 
generally what happened was that you know we wrote letters and then we 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 we, we threw out as many as we could then we moved to email and we basically threw out as many as we could and that was great because we didn't have to buy stamps we could just send them out free um and the next thing is that what we're going to do is just we're going to take content and we're just going to spam it out and what we're going to do is we're going to measure how much uh, how much of that we can um see that can hit the wall and hopefully we hit we're, we're throwing more mud at the wall than, than our competitors and then the people go oh yeah well that's social selling you know that's not it's doing what we always did which is spamming people with 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 content and 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 you know some of it when you hit the wall it will stick a lot of it will fall off well i mean even if if social selling is misused or misapplied it it certainly has become irrevocably embedded in the modern sales process yes i mean I, yeah I you may you may so, be yeah. you may be using linkedin poorly or inefficiently or ineffectively but you're using it yeah, I think most people have now got the handle um, of of um, personal branding, and I think most people have now moved on to LinkedIn. Um, I think you could pretty much say anybody who's in business, certainly within the um, the commercial world, is now on LinkedIn, um, and 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 they have have made a start in uh, understanding that it's not an online CV anymore. It's not about how. Um, how many years you did your quota and that it is actually about helping a customer. But I still think people are a bit, bit bewildered about this thing about why they should actually be, be doing that. Um, they're usually doing it because they've probably read an article or they've told to be it rather, or, or you know, I see a lot of people saying, Oh yeah, we're, we're, we're now doing social selling, which is what we've done is we've gone out and told all our salespeople to have a LinkedIn profile that, that, you know, has a couple of articles that were written by the company and Hey, that's social selling. Right. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, I, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, and, and of course, if you just do it because you've been told to do it, you'll go, well, I didn't get anything from it. Um, though I think, you know, one, pe- you know, I've seen a lot of people that even though they've been playing around with LinkedIn, even though they've sent a couple of in mails, I've actually got through to people fairly senior and that's been quite game changing for them when they go, wow, you know, I've just spent, you know, all morning on the phone and got nowhere. And here it is. I've just used this IT system and, and sent an email and I've actually got through to the person I was trying to get hold of. So uh, I, I think certainly people that have grappled with it and decided to use it ha- have actually got some benefit from it. All right. Well, you you have laid out a system that has five pillars of social mm. selling success. I wanted to go through those because I thought it was an interesting construct to, to think yes. about social selling, not just purely as a top of funnel, lead development, prospect development activity, but but really, as I said, as a construct for your entire sales process or the, the prospect's entire buying process. So um, let's go through those, and we'll go through them in order that, that you had had them listed in your, your article. Yeah. So the first one you talk about is LinkedIn. So why is that top of the list? Okay, so I mean, the, the first thing is that about social selling is that it, you're not completely doing social selling. You're, you, you do it with other things. So you st- should still use the phone and email, and you still use social. It's just another a channel for you to use. Um, so um, the the uh, it, what, you know what we're not saying is that you have to use email or we're just going to use a telephone. You you need to use all three things. And as you go through the 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 uh, the, the sales process, there's a lot of talk about using social selling as a way of generating. Um, contacts or leads yes you can um but 
you should actually be thinking just as much as you use the telephone and use email through the whole of the sales cycle, you should be using social all the way through the sales cycle as well. So um, I, I talk about certainly the, the first thing that people should need to get into is LinkedIn. And that's really around personal branding. The, if you look at the, the, the facts, whenever any of us go on now to actually buy something, for example, I just recently bought a car. You know, go back 20 years, I would have sat in front of um, over lots of different weekends, gone to lots of car showrooms and mm-hmm. sat in front of mm-hmm. lots of car sales guys and, and they would have told me about their cars. Now I don't need to do that. I basically go online and I search for what I want. I go onto Google. I can even configure it and I can actually go into the um, car showroom and say, right, this is exactly the car that I want and the garage down the road has it at um, 5000 whatever, cheaper. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, I mean, so, the- so you know, we're we're all in a situation where we're able to do that either the PC or mobile, and all of our customers. It doesn't matter what we sell, whether it's um, whether we're selling you know mugs or whether we're selling multi-million dollar um, uh, IT systems. The, the, at the end of the day, our customers are now are more engaged and have more knowledge about our stuff than they ever had before. Um, and you know, even you know, most people's price books are online, and they can they know exactly how much it is, and they've probably made some calls, and they probably know what the discount is. So the the thing that we have is that um, uh, most, if if you look at the figures, most people when they're buying are now about sixty five percent of the way through the buying cycle when they engage with a salesperson. Now that's a very controversial figure, though. It it is now it can be anything between forty five percent. I've seen some figures from. from from some uh, research saying it's 85%. Well, I've, I've seen some that last year that said zero. So, uh, Well, yeah. I, I, but, I mean, yeah, there, there, so, can be, there can be situations where you suddenly, you, where maybe you just go down the shops and you buy something. Well, here's the, push, in, the pushback. In, in, in the, I'm sorry. Yeah, the, but in, okay. But, you know, but in, I, I've, I've seen that. And when, and when you actually read, read people's, those articles, I, I I don't know where they I don't know where they live because whenever I buy anything I go online and I and I research stuff, and and I know that my customers do that and I know that even though they uh, people may be looking at buying IT systems and they may be looking at things from a, a, a corporate perspective, um, they still go online and they still go and, and research. If you're going to buy an accounting system for your organization, you're still going to go to Google. You're still going to go in and put ERP in and do a search or accounting systems or whatever it is before you actually engage with salespeople. And, yeah, the, reason, and, I, so, and, and the reason for that is most people, most buyers, I'm not saying 100%, most buyers will actually work in um, salesperson avoidance mode. So here's the question. And and believe me, I'm, I, believe, I believe those numbers myself about people going through the sales mm. process. But the pushback came from, Really, people do a lot of outbound prospecting, proactive prospecting, saying that, hey, you know, we're contacting people that had never really even thought about making a change until we reached out and touched them. And so that's like the, the research report that came from Serious Decisions last year saying that, hey, that's, that's actually a much broader and bigger percentage of the business-to-business selling pool than the people that are out doing their research and getting to a point where they need to talk to a sales rep before they finally do. Uh, yeah, and and I've and you know if you go back and listen to what I said in this in this interview is I I didn't ever tell anybody to stop calling, 
you know, I, I still organize cold calling days um, and I still see uh, calling and interrupt selling as a, a mechanism to get in front of people that you prob- who probably um, haven't heard of you or um, haven't actually done any research. I think that's a, a, a great method. Mm-hmm. But if you, look at, if you look at research from Google, um, what uh, Google are basically seeing, there's a whole bunch of um, people that are going on and, and doing research for products and certainly for at, at, at a, an enterprise level. Now, you know, if you break down the 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 the, um, the sales funnel from um, starting off with people that are sitting there and they don't even know that you've got a product, all the way through to closing a sale. Um, so you're looking at top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, and bottom of the funnel. Each of those, as you go through and 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 progress through the the sales funnel, you need different tactics to to make sure that you're engaging with those. Um, with prospects or customers through that sales funnel. Some of those tactics, maybe you need to put some uh, YouTube videos up. Some of those tactics, maybe you need to call them. Um, it's different different um, tactics all the way through the funnel. Okay. No, I, okay, I so, agree. So, it's not, so, all, it's so, not all one thing or another, right? No, it's not. Agree. No. No, and and you know if 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 you you know put up do something on LinkedIn and then sit there and wait for people to call, sorry, it's probably not going to happen. It's not going to happen, right? Um, so, um, you know if you, you know th- the thing about the thing about personal branding is that, um, well, if you if you look at the the research from Google, what the the research from Google is saying is that there is um, most enterprise organisations, and I say most, not saying all, um, uh, uh, the senior management now realize that they don't understand uh, digital disruption. So what they're doing is that they're delegating that to a bunch of people which are generally between the age of 28 and 35. Again, this is Google saying this. They, they will know that because people are doing researches on Google will have, mm-hmm. I guess, in Gmail. Um, and um, those, your, therefore, those people generally do a number of things. First and foremost is that they're doing research um, and they're engaging around about 65% of the way through the sales cycle. What they're doing is that they're usually coming up with a short list of two, maybe three. Some businesses, you know, have to have a, you know, have to have three quotes, right. so they'll come up with a short list of three. Um, what they're doing at that point, if you're lucky enough to be on that short list of three, that's really good. Um, people between the age of 28 and 35 generally buy brands. So you need to be a a branded organization to be on that shortlist. The bad news is that um, quite often people will have already um, been in that organization and have probably have written the RFP or have some way made some influence on that Mm -hmm. decision. And you will be into a price war. So you will have your margins driven down. Most people will have researched what your price uh, price is and, 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 and know what they can try and get. So what you're looking to do is actually try and hack the buying process by actually taking a step uh, back along the pipeline and actually finding those people doing the research. And one of the ways that you can do that is by, in effect, being um, uh, uh, not looking like a salesperson, because what people were doing as they're going through that researching process is that they're in salesperson avoidance mode, mm-hmm. just like I am when I before I actually configure the car I want and I get down to my shortlist. Right. Uh, so um, what you need to do is is come up with on LinkedIn is a, a buyer centric profile. We actually need to do a whole bunch of things. Um, the, one of the first things you need to do is have a buyer centric profile, which 
if somebody comes across you, then what they will do is that they go, oh, that's interesting. Um, and what you need to do is, is I, I don't like the term added value because I'm not quite sure people know what that means. But what you need to do is provide a um, content that would be that makes people curious um, and actually want to consume that content and look further. So, for example, I bought a, a filing cabinet recently and I didn't know that there was different types of filing cabinets. And the only way that I could um, the only way that I could see to actually buy stuff was it was all full of salespeople saying I can give you 30 percent off or 40 percent off, whatever. And it just it was well, I don't even know what I want really from a filing cabinet. Now, if someone had written an article saying the top 10 things you need to know when buying a filing cabinet and actually I'd found that on Google, then I probably would have found that. And the fact that I'm probably fairly happy in buying stuff from different parts of the world probably would have gone through and made that transaction. So, so that's that, that's where I'm giving an example about how, you know, um, you, you, you're, you need to actually be adding value and um, providing content that the person will consume when they'll go, OK, that's I need that. Thank you. And I'm actually going to reward you for producing that piece of content by actually buying from you. Yeah. And I think the important thing for point for people that are listening to this is that the personal branding is not about touting your accomplishments. As you said, it's about triggering curiosity on the part of the yes. buyer. Yes. Yeah. Big distinction because uh, I think you yeah, see yeah, yeah. the most profile. And, and, and the other thing is that you've got to, you, you, you know, you need to. You, one of the things that I, the mistake I see people making right now is like, well, I'm online, right? Okay, where's all that, all that content that the um, my company is creating? Right, let's all bang that out. Right now, you know, when when you're online, what you're trying to do is you're trying to come across as the person you are. You know, I, I say a lot in when, when I speak and at meetings and say, look, you know, when I go to somebody's LinkedIn profile, usually before a meeting, I will make a judgment on what that person is like, whether they're boring, whether they're funny, whether they're interesting before the meeting based on their LinkedIn profile. Mm -hmm. it, it, it is a it is the advert for themselves. And if they're basically just pumping out corporate stuff, I'm just going to go, right, well, when you sit in front of me, all you're going to do is pump out corporate stuff. So if I ever got to the point where I sat down and said, look, you know, come on, Rob, level with me. You, is this really going to happen? I probably won't believe you, you know, because one of the things that I need, and, and this goes back right to the days, you know, when, um, you know, tw when I started selling 27 years ago, is that you go in and what you're doing is you're building trust. Mm -hmm. And that and that 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 trust is, is, is the same whether you're online or offline, people by people. And you, you need to be showing that that you care, that you can inform, that you can teach, um, and you, you are who you are um, just by being online. And those things are really important. All right. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a short break here and come back. We're going to continue this great conversation we're having about the structure of social selling. We've hit one out of five points. We'll come back. We'll hit a few more before we go with my guest today, Tim Hughes. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Welcome back to the show with my guest today, Tim Hughes. We're talking about social selling. So we 
covered the importance of why LinkedIn is sort of the, mm. the first pillar of your five pillars of success in social selling. Second one is very interesting, and one I think that's overlooked quite a bit is you call it social media listening. So why don't you define that for the audience? Yes, um, it, it's the, the first thing that I always recommend people do when they go onto something like Twitter is actually not to send a tweet, but to actually listen. And and you need to go on and you need to start listening to your um, your 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 customers at a, a mac at a macro level. You know, you know, you're selling to um, Coca-Cola. So what, what are Coca-Cola saying? Um, you know, what's happening? And, and, and that kind of we always did that because, you know, if we were going to, into an account that size, we would download their annual accounts or we'd, you know, we'd read about um, read the annual accounts, understand what was going on. But you also need to understand what, what's going on in the account at a, at a micro level. And that's about going out and finding people um, and searching um, uh, about f- and finding people and searching p- people that have got a uh, that actually work there and can actually start and uh, tweeting about what's going on in the organisation, and you start getting a feel for those people, and it may be that you'll actually find people that well it's not may but you will find people um, certainly if you start doing some searches on LinkedIn and Twitter probably that you wouldn't find before. Um, so the, these, you know, quite often you'll find that, um, in, for example, in the in the, the sales methodology written by Holden, there's a there's a view that there's a, a particular type of person, um, and if you read the book, the um, connected customer, they they come up with this as well, which is that there is individuals in organisations that have um, that they 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 don't necessarily they're not high up in an or, in an organization so they don't necessarily have rank but they do actually have an element of authority they're the type of people that whenever a big decision is made the senior management turn to them and say okay martin um what do you think about this product um okay right we'll go for, go with that mm-hmm. and they may not actually be even be part of the decision making process Exactly. Uh, yeah, and, I, mean, I, and, I label those people the actual decision makers. Y- y- yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yes. So, so um, uh, th- those people w- will it have a certainly have an influence, if not be the decision makers. I mean, I, I think it's it's on senior people actually don't necessarily make decisions. They actually what they confirm the recommendations of people lower down in an organization. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and what you need to do certainly in in an enterprise space now. It, you know, LinkedIn say that for every certainly B2B enterprise deal, 5.4 people make that decision. Uh, and therefore, you need to be getting uh, and casting the net wider in the organization. And you can do that through social media. So, they, so that's why I'm saying, you know, don't bound on to social media and start tweeting and stuff. You know, actually think about your accounts, think about your territory, take a step back and have a listen and, and think about what's going on with that. Well, also, the important thing, what you're talking about here, too, from a practical standpoint, from a selling standpoint, is that it's going to tell you where to invest your time. Yes. Because what happens is that, in general, in, in enterprise selling, is that the account executives do what I call oversell. You know, they've been trained, I got to talk I got to talk to the C-level, I got to talk to the C-level. Yep. And as I talk about in my book is, you know, your products fall into one of two categories. They're either strategic or they're tactical. And there are very few strategic products that are sold out there. I mean, you have to rise to a certain level of complexity and, and investment level to meet that. So for 
95% plus of the products out there. You're tactical. Find those people that you talked about that through social media listening that are the real recommenders and influencers and what I call the actual decision makers. Those are the people you want to invest your time in. Yeah, and, and most things when you're selling at a, um, if you're selling at a B2B enterprise level, in most cases, people have already got something that you've, that you've, um, uh, that you're trying to sell. So in effect, you're trying to push through change. There's an element of the, or there will always be some element of transformation and organizations in, um, in their DNA resist change. Yeah, we all do. So, uh, and, and so, uh, I mean, when I started selling, I mean, one of the things that really fell into place with me was when somebody, when I went on the training course and they said, oh, you need a coach or an angel or whatever it is, you know, so an inside mm-hmm. salesperson that's going to give you the inside track. And then I'll call and them from, uh, mobilizers. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and that, that, that worked for me uh, an, an awful lot. But I, I think that, you know, you do need to have people that I can actually say, right, I agree with this and I understand the change that we're going to go for. And this is the third pillar. You talk about influencer marketing. So we know there yeah, are yeah, these yeah. 5.4 yes. people out there. You've been listening to identify them. Now your third pillar, influencer marketing, you've got to be proactive. Yes. Yeah, so, there's, so, there's yeah, so there's a whole, so, so influence is a, is, a, is, a, is a massive subject in itself. So there's influence that that um, that I have because I have so many followers and I have a blog and things. But there's also influence that influence that people like KPMG or Deloitte or Gartner have. Uh, and, and what we're certainly seeing is this, is in, is a change taking place where people are 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 going to KPMGs and and, and Gartners, but they're also going to um, uh, social media people and social media influencers uh, and taking advice. So Brian Solis, Ted Rubin, um, Brian Kramer, um, myself, um, and, 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 and those people have influence uh, in themselves. Mm-hmm. But you will also have influ- people who will have influence within the account. If I go back to the, the buying the car scenario, as well as actually going on and configuring it, I went to a couple of people who I knew had bought a similar car and said, you, yeah, hey, Mike, you've got one. You've got a Mini. What do you think of it? You know, I keep being told they keep breaking down all the time. <laughs> oh, no, they don't. I really, I've got two, and I really love it. And, and so, you know, you will always go and seek out influence. And certainly within the, in the B2B enterprise space, quite often what people forget is that actually the influence may actually not be within the account. So, so, you know, there may be someone that, 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 that left and, and, you know, they, they used to work at Coca-Cola, but now they go and work at Pepsi. But the people at Coca-Cola know Fred and, and, and Fred's a great guy and Fred knows a lot, a lot about architecture. So we ring up Fred at Pepsi and he's the one that's actually telling Coke, you know, what things to buy and, 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 and what experience he's got. So, so, so quite often what you'll find is if you start building a network and a, um, an influence map um, within your accounts, what you'll find is that, um, that there will be certainly influence that's going on in social and that may not be going and, and you may need to look wider than just the account that you're looking at. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm sure very few people think about that as influencers outside the account. Very, very interesting. So the fourth fourth pillar then, we talk about collaboration. Yes. And so are you talking about collaboration in the sense of sort of the value co-creation with with the prospect and developing a solution? I mean, what's, what's your aspect there? It, okay, so the, the, the collaboration that I've seen is, is, is quite often the, the internal collaboration between sales and marketing. So, so I've, I've seen situations where, you know, you've got sales and marketing, they don't really understand each other. 
they sit at the other sides of the office and throw stones at each other and and and, and they don't talk you know in 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 the current um uh world of digital you know we don't need to do that anymore we need to work together we need to understand we need to have a common f- um uh common form of terminology that we understand so we know what a lead is and and, and certainly some of the um, modern marketing terminology B, bqls sqls and that means that we we now know what a lead is and what a lead looks like because of the various terminology that modern marketing has, has, has provided to us but certainly you know we need to be working together sales and marketing some people call it smarketing some people call it smells well we're um, also getting into this whole account-based marketing yeah, yeah, and 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 then what you're doing with, and that kind of rolls on to to then being uh, providing more personalization, um, and allowing people to become, um, allowing the marketing to be. I mean, in some cases you do want to have one to many marketing. In other cases, you do want to actually have one to one marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what you need to be doing is we we need to be working with marketing and sales working together rather than kind of. You know that sort of like um, you know two addresses uh, across the the, uh, the office, right? And that's how what I've seen with collaboration is bringing those two those people together and gaining them to collaborate. Yeah, and I think if you do that, as you talk about, there's a little bit of uh, personalization, individualization that goes on there. And to me, it's sort of the analogy is like uh, personalized medicine, right? We're yes. we're going we're going to take a genetic sample from that genetic sample. We're going to be able to understand exactly what medications will work best for you if you have specific type diseases. Well, this is sort of similar, right? I mean, we're gonna yes. we're gonna personalize the the treatment for you, if you will, from a sales and marketing standpoint to the customer. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Okay, and so the fifth pillar, and we'll talk about mm. that briefly before we move to the last segment of the show, is marketing automation. Yes. So, so when I was when I was uh, selling, you know, I would spend half a day a week trying to get those uh the the prospects that i'd phoned up and they'd said you know give me a call back in three months or give me a call back in six months um and and you know that was time consuming and you know i'd find a white paper and and fire it off and sometimes they would buy it and sometimes they wouldn't um and now with marketing automation there's lots of different platforms from you know from 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 small to large um and you can actually automate that that process now marketing automation for salespeople listening is actually named wrong it should it's actually should be called um sales automation marketing automation should actually be seen by salespeople as a sales tool and it's a it's a sales tool that if you actually opt in certain clients to be nurtured they that frees up time for you to be sitting in front of customers closing deals so you're not spending that half a day a week nurturing stuff and hoping that um, those prospects that are three, six months away are going to come down the track. You're letting the uh, automation system do that for you. Right. Now, now there, there are ways that you can do it for nothing. Um, and one of them is to you, you see your, your LinkedIn as a, a marketing automation platform. Uh, and what you do is you make connections to, to your customers and prospects uh, and you're putting out information that they're going to think is really cool and, and, and interesting and what they're going to do is they're going to see that, and then hopefully they'll even like it and propagate that through their um, their own networks. But what they'll be seeing is, hey, this guy, you know, is really interesting. He seems to know his stuff about um, about uh, personalized medicine. Um, and you know, when I come out to buy from it, um, he's going to be you know first person I contact. So you know, LinkedIn is also a place where you can actually nurture your 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 contacts. Excellent. 
Well, good. Well, we're sort of running out of time, but that's yeah. a great, great answer and great overview of this five pillars. And we'll give uh, contact information in just a second, but we're going to move to the last second segment of the show where I ask questions I ask of all my guests and uh, some, you can have short answers. Others might take a little bit more. You ready? Yeah. All right. So the first Shoot. is a hypothetical scenario I pose to each of my guests is imagine that, that you've just been hired as a sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled out. So senior management's really looking at you to get things turned around in a hurry. What two things would you do the first week on the job that would have the biggest impact? Uh, probably wouldn't expect this from a social selling uh, person, but I actually start people call calling. Uh, interesting, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, because I actually think it's the, the best, the fastest way for you to, um, to get uh, uh, appointments quickly. Mm-hmm. The second thing is I would start a social selling program and that would probably kick in, kick in after a certain amount of time. And what would be your first step? I know the answer, I think. Well, what's uh, the first step in your social selling program? Well, I'd get everybody on LinkedIn and get them actually um, using social from a, um, certainly from a, a um, getting their own personal brands and, and, and getting them to, to, to actually curate their own content and mm-hmm. b- um, becoming masters of their own um, niches or niches, as you would say in the States. <laughs> I had a guest where we kept saying that word differently. And we were, by, the end of the, by the end of the interview, literally, we were saying something sort of in the middle. <laughs> All right. So here's some rapid fire questions for you. You can give yeah. me one word answers or you can elaborate. So when you're selling, what's yeah. your most powerful sales attribute? Um, I, I'm a chameleon. So I'm different. I'm a different person in, in front of different people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and and it's I've always been a new business salesman. I've never liked really liked relationship right. salesman. I've already liked going in and immediately building rapport within you know first meeting, um, and then you know selling the deal, maybe looking after it, and then moving on to something else. But it's always I, I've I've never had a problem. Um, understanding someone and immediately you know as long as there's a sale in pro- in progress i've always gone in and, and built rapport okay rapport building good so name one tool you use for managing your own sales that you can't live without um i i i can't live without social media I, it's it's part of my life okay yeah who's your sales role model um, I, I did Miller Hyman and Holden sales methodology and they, they, they held up for probably 20 years of my life. Um, and, um, I think that they were f- fantastic methodologies. Um, there's some great social sales guys out there at the moment. Um, you know, Jack Kowalski, um, Tony Hughes in Australia, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, they're really killing it and, and, and really pushing the, the, the debate forward. And, um, and, and, you know, I, I, I look up to them as well. Excellent. Okay. Well, Jack will be, he'll be happy to hear about that. Yeah. So what's the one book that every salesperson should read? Uh, right now, I, I think that you need to probably, yeah, you need to read The Connected Customer. The, 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 okay. Do you know the author offhand? Uh, I, I don't know. All right. We'll find that. It'll be on the website. Show notes yeah. pages for people with the author's name. All right, here's a really tough question. So what music's on your playlist now? Uh, I'm, I'm actually a, an old rocker. Mm-hmm. Anybody so, in particular? 
Uh, well, I, I, I actually have a copy of the um, uh, limited edition uh, David Bowie album on um, clear vinyl that everyone's basically trying to get a hold of a copy and Whoa. they've got like they're, they're supposed to be selling for like a um, $1,500 on eBay or something like that and I can I'm looking at it right now it's still in the cellophane wrapper and I'm just debating whether it, it's going to cost me about $1,000 to unwrap it <laughs> do you have a turntable I do have a turntable <laughs> I, I, I collect vinyl I have 2,000 records wow Wow. So what's your, what, uh, this is worth a little detour. So what is the uh, I'm, I'm, most I'm prized old, possession I, I, you have? There? I'm, hey, I'm an old rocker. And, you know, I Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, Thin Lizzy, oh. you know, all of, all of those things. Smoke on the um, water. Yeah. I mean, the Led, I mean, Led Zeppelin is my favorite. I mean, yeah. those, those new re-releases, I bought them all with the, in the big box and that. And wow. they're probably my prized possessions. All, all vinyl. All right, next time I'm in London, we're coming over for a listening yeah, party. Yeah, you, you're welcome. Excellent. So what's the first sales activity you do every day? Uh, always go in and, and, and check my social. Okay. Uh, I, 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 um, I, use, I use Buffer uh, mm-hmm. to uh, – I use the free version to buffer up tweets. So I'm tweeting during the day when I'm working. Right. Uh, so I get up in the morning. I basically post something on LinkedIn, and I buffer up the tweets – uh, for the day. Um, and, um, and that's really, so, you know, there's some constant engagement going on. Mm-hmm. Um, now I must admit, I will say that, um, I, whenever I get in, in the evening, I go through all of my tweets and I, and manually, and I answer everything manually. So even though I'm using automation, I'm still keeping the engagement going. I'm not, so I'm not advocating people just pump, use automation right. and pump stuff out. I'm just, it's, it's just the way of getting through the day that I can work and I can tweet at the same time. Okay. Last question for you then. Yeah. What's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Um, what's the ROI of social selling? And your answer is? Um, if you have to answer me at, where have you been for the last two years? <laughs> um, Excellent. So I, so I have a, a – there's a, a blog. So if you go to um, socialsellinglounge.com, there was a blog on there that talks about uh, a friend of mine who's generating 10 C-level meetings a week by using Twitter. Um, and as I usually say to people, I said, even if you generated one, you'd probably be in a better place than what, you know, right now. When, oh, when the, yeah. um, so last week he did 12, but Hey, you know, what's, you know, another two C-level meetings between friends. Um, you know, that, that blog's been out there for 12, maybe 18 months. Um, it's one of my best, I uh, shouldn't say sellers cause it's free. I don't know how many times it's been retweeted. Um, last time I looked, it was about 7,000 times. Um, you know, the, the information is out there and, and if you want to get in social selling and, um, uh, you know, when I'm talking to, talking about social selling, if you want to make money and, and start making your quota, um, and getting into social, the information is out there and you can, you can start getting into it. Right. If you're an entrepreneur or a solopreneur, you want to build yep. your business same way. Absolutely. Same if, you, way. if you just, you know, just a, a one, one woman or a one man band, you can use, you can, I, I've got a, I've got a blog that talks about how, um, you know, uh, people with, I know a guy that, um, he's a, he just sells first aid. Um, he's 70 years old. Uh, he used to spend twenty thousand pounds. So that's what uh, thirty five thousand dollars a year on advertising. He now doesn't spend a penny, and he's making 
five so he's making what um seven hundred and fifty dollars a week through um um first aid courses by using twitter which the only cost to him is his time right well excellent well i want to thank you for joining me thank you today tim hughes tim how can people find out more about you so uh, i'm on twitter i'm timothy underscore hughes i'm also my blog is socialsellinglounge.com and if you search for timothy hughes or tim hughes on linkedin you should find me yeah and i can i follow tim and i recommend people do as well lots of good content out there on social selling so remember friends make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success and much as you did today with listening to our guest tim hughes as he shared his expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business if you subscribe to this podcast you'll make sure you don't miss any of these conversations really important so thanks for joining us and until next time this is andy paul good selling everyone thanks for listening to the show if you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes please subscribe to this podcast on itunes or stitcher.com for more information about today's guests visit my website at andypaul.com 